Welcome to another edition of The Bones of Advertising. I'm Craig McLeod, and, and you're still... I'm still excited. Yes. I'm still excited because we keep getting guests and they keep returning. I'm very happy about that. I'm very excited to introduce a, uh, a very, very good friend of mine, Bobby Zagami. Welcome, PZ. Thanks, Craig. Uh, hi, mate. Uh, hi, John. Uh, good to see you again, mate. Fantastic to have you on the show, mate. Very, very grateful uh, for your time today and very keen to hear how uh, the last eight months have been for you, Bobby. I imagine in the car car industry, which, you know, you've got a couple of brands, um, just, just a couple. Of, I imagine it would have been an interesting an interesting eight months for you. So keen to maybe start off with just what it was like, you know, start take us through March and April and, and sort of we'll roll on from there. Yeah, okay. Well, I think, I think you know, look, it, it was a... Um, a weird time to say the least and it sort of reflected or reminded me of what life was uh, like in the last recession recession which which a lot of people may or may not have experienced some 30 years ago but um, it's the world pretty much stopped and it's a bit of a as in in business you, you do tend to think geez is this uh, what what do we do here you sort of go into what I would call um, contraction mode or um, you know just just get cut all your anything that's any excess fat um, in your business and um, and and really become a little bit more of a uh, protective I suppose of, of your assets and, and your and your business so so pretty much as of you know March um, we you know I, I, I again reflecting back 30 years back and what I did back then in the hospitality industry is is just looked at all our, our, our costs so marketing you know, sorry to say for you know guys like you, but marketing went just absolutely just stopped. We just we just stopped everything, and we're we're big marketers. We you know we we've got events. We it you know Grand Prix time is is when it really did hit, yep. and as we know, Grand Prix was cancelled at the last minute. We you know we we had our our not hundreds of thousands of dollars of display, or you know, and and customers wow. ready to 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 greet them. We had the alcohol out on the tables. For the oh. first morning of the Grand Prix, and and yeah. and of course, at the last minute, it, it was it was canned. So you know that was that was the, the that was the beginning, if you like. But just looked at all our, our marketing stops, you know, and and just said, well, okay, let's let's, let's save our pennies. Staff um, went through the anything that was excessive or anything that you thought that was expensive as a as an overhead in respect of um, uh, salaries and um, key positions yep. went. Yep. So we terminated, you know, a lot of people. So probably a good twenty percent of the workforce. Wow! And um, and just went into a um, uh, you know a, a, a closed mode, if you like, of um, saying, well, okay, we've got to do business. We're we're out there, but purely save our bucks. And and uh, and I think I think it was you know it was COVID. You you had that excuse. You'd never do what we did. Um, in all those those changes pre-COVID, because otherwise people would just think you're going broke. You know, this is you know what there's, there's something not quite right. But but I think it just had to happen. I think in general, and not just our business, a lot of businesses, we we really had to uh, review the way we were operating, and uh, and and and. COVID was the excuse. And BZ, tell me a bit about, we'll start just with Grand Prix. Extraordinary for, for me to hear that you actually had the drinks out on the table on day one when they cancelled the Grand Prix. So it was right up until that point, you were still thinking you'd have the standard. And I've been privileged to be a guest a number of times. You, you were still thinking that you would have everyone turn up. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we literally, the grog was on the tables, the food, the caterers were ready to go. Our staff were there in the uh, marquee. It was, it was on. And um, I think nine o'clock officially, I think it was, it was canned. And as I say, it, uh, I think the, the gates were meant to open at uh, eight or nine. So it, it, we were ready to go. Um, so it was talk about last minute. Mm. And you, I know that that's a big part of the marketing process for the Zagami Automotive Group. It, it really is a, an engaging time when you get to speak a lot, you personally, because I know you're very personable with the clients. But with all of that stopping, what has what that then done? What's the knock-on effect from that? That's probably the part that, um, that, that I'd be interested to hear about. I think it's, uh, look, the world has changed. And, and I think that when you say the knock-on effect, it's been, it's been interesting. I think as a business model, I think, um, you know, financially, we are set up better now to go forward than we were previously because... Leaner? We, yeah, we're leaner. We had to make change. I think with all businesses, and this is, you know, I'm not just talking about us. I, I know I speak to other retailers and other car dealers. Um, you can talk about restaurateurs, whatever. We've all looked at our businesses and said, it really wasn't working before. We were, we were you know, the, the, the mice on the, on the treadmill just, you know, going and doing our thing. But financially, it wasn't a great business model. Right. And and I think we just get fat. And so um, and we get I wouldn't say lazy, but you just you just you just you, you're in a, in a rut and you can't change unless there's an absolute reason to. And COVID was the reason. And I think for a lot of businesses, some some will not survive, as we know, but a lot will come through much stronger. And, and I, I certainly think for us, I think for us, it's, you know, we will come through stronger. We looked at even some sites, we've closed some sites because they were really excess and thought about more efficient ways of operating our business out of, out of less. And I think that's going to happen more as we, as we, um, we, we go down the, uh, into the future. We're going to say, well, okay, for example, car dealerships don't need all this space. Yeah. We, can, we can operate much smaller and then do all our logistics off-premise, you know, do it somewhere where um, whether we, we deliver cars to the door or, or, or you know, whether we just we, we do everything away from a um, expensive dealership model um, and we just become more efficient, do a lot more things online as we have been doing over the last six months. It's kind of really forced you to pivot, has, hasn't it? That process that we would never have thought about when we were working together for the, the seven years or so, we would never have thought about delivering a car at someone's home. Whereas now we've seen not only can it be done, yeah. but it can be done and done exceptionally well. And the customer is just as happy. The experiential, you know, the focus that, that you deliver really, really well, you can still go through every detail of the car within the driveway in a COVID safe environment with your customer and all of a sudden because i know property is a big part of your business as well property is a massive part of it but all of a sudden you're in a situation where instead of needing i don't know bz maybe 300 square meters you can go down to something smaller and have an a really nice experience but then have all of that stuff happening like pre-car or servicing or anything else out of the dealership itself per se so um that's a that's a really interesting pivot what else do you think you'll take forward bz moving forward um, I think, you know, certainly I, I think the use of and marketing is, is going to change. And, and I think, you know, like previously, as you know, we had, we had 12 people in their marketing team and now it's down to four, you know. So and, and you know, we, we may introduce one or two as we need to do events, but like events, we're very, we were very heavy in events. Yeah. I don't I don't see us doing a lot of events. We will do um, less events, but very good ones, if you like, um, I think, throughout a year. 
Yeah. Whereas previously, you know, you had an event for a new car release, but it was getting harder to either come up with fresh ideas to motivate people to want to come and see it. Because, you know, as you know, a car is launched online these days and everybody knows all about it. They've seen it. And do they need to touch it at an event with uh, 100 or 200 other people? Yeah. Not really. No, I think they prefer the one-on-one. So I think there's a lot of savings we can have there. And so I think marketing will change dramatically and will become a lot more, um, you know, online focused, yeah. virtual, um, those sorts of, um, uh, you know, that, that sort of direction. Um, I also sort of look at, again, our our, um, our sales process. I mean, I think we can do a mixture of a lot more online. I mean, up until we reopened um, a few weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, we were selling 10 to 15 cars a day online, you know, and, and as I said, that's all contactless. They, they weren't citing the car. It was all purely what they could visualise through their uh, um, through website and car sales. Yeah. And again, and we're fortunate we've got our own transport, our own trucks, so we were delivering those cars to their door, contactless, and as I said, it was consistent. It was, you know, it was very consistent. Not everybody needs to t- touch a car and drive it because they can almost road test it, um, you know, virtually, you know, with all the road tests and information they can get on the online. That as long as they're feeling comfortable or confident with you as a brand, yep. as, a, as an organisation, then, um, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot more of that. Um, and the size of dealerships ain't necessarily ne- as... as, as um, as required as they have been in the past. Mm. Well, I like that. Um, I like that idea of having to change the way you do things. Like I, I worked on Holden for ages, mm. and they they were very stuck in a traditional dealer sales cycle. Um, and then we had the we had the great idea years and years and years ago of saying, why don't you just open up a a little mini showroom in a supermarket, in a in a shopping mall like Southland or Chadston, and they were like, "Nah, that'll never happen. That's bloody stupid." And then Tesla came along, and that's exactly what they've been doing. But are you finding? I love that idea of taking a like delivering the car on the transport and making it your experience, like a very Zagami specific experience. Yeah. Is there anything else that you're that you're looking at that you can that you can tell us or you or you or you can share with us? Yeah. Sure. Thinking about moving forward? Well I, I think we could actually apply that particularly with our luxury brands because it super luxury so it's not volume. Yeah. You know, we, we certainly we can apply that same principle with service. We find, like for with our Ferrari customers, for example, or our Lamborghini customers, they they're not they don't drive their cars regularly. And number one, and, and number two, it's probably a hassle to get the car here for a service, and and then having to come and pick it up, you know. So, um, so we, we we think that we'll be doing a lot more transporting, or picking up their car from their home, and then dropping it back the same way that we would deliver a new car, um, without them having to even think about you know, uh, worrying about getting it to us. So we think we'll do a lot more of that, um, which then sort of, again, sort of um, makes you think, do you really need to have a service facility in Richmond where where your property is expensive and so forth? We could pick that car up and whether we service it in Richmond or we service it in Tullamarine, it doesn't matter to the customer as long as it's serviced. So then you look at facilities, you look at your, you know, your, um, yeah, yeah, what do you need? to provide the best service and what the customer's expectations are going to be going forward um, and also work for you as a business where 
um, you know, you, you, your cost base can can, can be lowered um, so that you can uh, continue to, to trade and, and work better ways. Mm. Can I ask just quickly on the <clears throat> the sales? Are you seeing those online sales? being more the younger demographic or are you finding it sort of right across? Because I'm really intrigued to see whether it's Gen Y that are really comfortable with this online experience who are comfortable, no problems, I can buy anything from a lipstick to a bloody car online or whether you're seeing some, you know, sort of 40 plus, 50 plus, 60 plus, all comfortable with that space now just because they've been forced to experience it based on what we've had to go through in the last eight months. I think the last few months has been more the older generation, to be honest. And when I say older, 35, 40 plus, um, that are more comfortable with it because I think they're more, they're, they're wiser. I think they look at it maybe a company and say, well, I'm going to buy this used car or new car online. Okay, I know this, I know the company or it's reputable. Yep. Um, I, I know my laws, I suppose. You know, I, I think, you know, if the, if the car's not right, well, um, you know, I'm, 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 my gut tells me that these people are going to stand behind it and make sure that I'm not going to have difficulties. If they say the car is good and it's never been in an accident and those sorts of things, I think there's a trust element. So I think the older generation actually are being more comfortable with it um, than the than the younger because the younger are probably less less experienced, so they're, they're probably a bit more tentative about just doing something online, even though I know that they buy dresses and they uh, and clothing and all that sort of thing, you know, is, is, is second nature. A car is probably a bit bigger investment for a young, younger person. Yeah, exactly. Older generation have been very comfortable with it. And also, we just, we're selling a lot of cars interstate. So we've been doing that for a long time, but that is purely online. They can't see or touch that vehicle, you know, so there's got to be an element of trust that we are selling a good product and delivering it to your door, as we say it is, um, and uh, and that we have been doing a lot of as well interstate. So the car is, as I say, they, they really are sticking their neck out and saying, "Well, I want that car. I think you're, you're reputable, so I'll I'll I'll, I'll transact with you." Mm. Yeah, right. And that's the that's I guess the power of a strong brand. Like if you've you've spent a lot of time building that trust, do, setting and setting all the processes and and the. And the um, the reasons for people to believe that when you say this car's good, they're going to believe that it's good. Like absolutely, yeah. You know, you got to get rid of that. Um, you know, I, I, which I think is is pretty much not existent in the industry for ninety percent. Is the car industry is a you know is a provide a very good service, um, a very upfront. Um, confident, uh, safe type of, you know, uh, you know, generally they're all reputable people and businesses. And you know, not forget the shonks from years ago. Yeah. Gen- generally is what we're saying. Yeah. Like generally you're right. There are some that we might not put in that category, but generally I think you're right these days. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, that's a, it's, a, it's a thing of the past. Yeah. And is there, is there anything that you would be, that you would be looking at from, like from other industries? Like is there anything you can take from, like a your experience in hospitality or or your you know the, whatever like a, a love of horse racing is there anything you can bring from other industries that you're thinking that kind of works over there maybe it'll work in automotive is there um I, I think you know certainly we've always applied the hospitality experience to our business in the past but i think i, I think people are wanting less when I say the expectations, probably they they want more in service, but they with putting the uh, fanfare on and maybe at a dealership level is not as important as probably for providing a very slick service 
of I want to buy a car um, and I want it to be as seamless as possible. I, I may want to come in or I may not want to. I may want you to come to me instead of you coming, um, me coming to you. And, and then when I do um, push the button to say, yeah, I want to buy it, I, I, I want the car, whether it, again, deliver it to my door or I'll come and pick it up. But I think people's, people just, time is, is um, too important. It's precious, more, more so than ever. And um, so I think efficiency and slickness is going to be more important in the way that people purchase their commodities you know, going forward. And we're seeing that. We're seeing that with, as I say, uh, just online shopping, whether it be a Kogan or whatever. I mean, people know what they want. They can do their research all online. They don't really, they don't need to even drive a car if they're, uh, if, if they're not that um, fast, um, but they just want it to be easy. Yeah, I think that's the important part. Mm. And as a parting thought, BZ, just from a marketing point of view, you know, going down from 12 to four and the idea that it's going to have to be more online experiential, do you see a lot more effort going into the production of content? So whether that's, you know, videos now of all of the cars, whether that's, you know, putting out um, a whole bunch more photographs, although I know all the cars are already really well photographed, or, or is it about generating more content to try and ensure that those people online can have that really strong virtual experience rather than going traditional, you know, with the way you used to do it and it's probably been years, but you know, the newspapers previously, and then from there, it's, it's going to be car sales primarily, but yeah, is content going to be a key component? Absolutely. I mean, I think it's everything. I think that's where the opportunities that we can, you know, whether we all can do it better, we certainly can do it better. Um, but yeah, I think there's got to be more cleverer ways of, of interacting and, and getting um, having your customer base um, connected through through virtual. And as I say, whether it be more photos, better photos, whether it be uh, video footage. Um, again, you know, while we were closed, I'd come in and, and have to just video a car because guys would say, "Look, somebody's keen to buy this car, but they want to see it." by you know virtual so i just get my iphone and, and video the car and go around it and um show some features and so forth and uh that was my gig there for, for a little while but um but <laughs> that was a, that was the difference between them buying and, and uh, you know buying the car or not buying it because they just yeah they need more they want they want more and um particularly of the item that they're looking to buy that particular that particular car yeah. Um, and then, of course, on from that is the things that are important is just the, the warranties and the service um, ongoing so that I don't feel like they're stooged. And, and price didn't come, didn't end up being as important um, through the last, you know, particularly the last five or six months as it was previously. You know, it was more about people would come into the dealership and, you know, you, you, it was the race to the bottom to get to, 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 to basically lose on a car to, to give it away, you know. So, whereas I think, you know, now it's, it's more about the, the uh, virtual experience, know that they're getting the right deal, getting the right support and backup and, um, and, and choosing the product that they want, um, not us trying to push them into something that they don't want. Yeah. And what about a parting thought from you, BZ, the, the future of the auto space? I, I know, you know, we're no magicians here, but Crystal Ball, how do you see it? So coming into uh, early 2021 and, and, and beyond, are you feeling confident? Do you see it ever going back? I mean, you've already mentioned that there's some things that you'll definitely bring forward, but yeah, how do you see it? I think I think what's again the COVID COVID thing, what, what has happened going back to March, April is that Europe shut down. 
um, the world shut down. So cars was factories were closed. So pre-COVID, we we were all overstocked. It, all the manufacturers were pushing to do too much volume, and the as I said, the business model didn't work. It was a race to the bottom. You know, we 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 pretty much were just pushing our cars because we had to get rid of them because we had too much stock, and our targets were too high. COVID factories closed down. The ongoingly and through the next few months, no stock was coming in. So what we had is what we had. So our, so, and and we were still selling cars, people were still wanting cars, but they had to buy what was either, what either was here and also compete with everybody else because the car market actually, particularly when we reopened in May, June, it, it just skyrocketed. We had a record month, all car manufacturers, all car dealers had a record month in June because we worked out, well, we can't fly, we can't go on, you know, these great lavish holidays. Um, our future for the next 12 to two years probably is going to be hopping in the car and going into the country. Yeah. And if it's not going to the country, probably interstate. And we're going to do it on a road trip rather than a plane. So the car all of a sudden became important. And so all this demand has decreased stock levels to half right across the country. And and all of us, and and that is that has changed the business model for us because all of a sudden we're not giving away cars just to get rid of them. We're we're holding our line because you know it, it's um, uh, we need to gross and people want our product, which is important. And there's not much out there, so um, which is great. And going forward with that, not trying to be overstocked, we try to try to keep our stock levels right, as well as I think ultimately looking into the future not needing as big a footprint for car showrooms. I think that's that's a given, and the manufacturers have realised that now. I think you'll see um, more virtual. You'll see a lot more configurator-type setups when you order your cars. You won't see showrooms with 20 cars in them. You'll see car showrooms with three cars in them. And, um, uh, and then when you choose your car, we will have to deliver it to your door or you'll come and pick it up, but it won't be there on the showroom floor per se when you bought it. If you yeah. can understand, like you, you won't have that. This you'd already done your homework. You can pretty much see it online. Yeah, um, yeah. what you need to buy, and then you've got to trust that we're going to give you the right colour with the right specification that you you actually ordered. Yeah, um, and and deliver it. So I think there'll be a lot a lot more downsizing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's been another edition of the Bones of Advertising. I'm uh, very grateful, Bobby, for your time. And uh, JD, don't you go changing. I won't. We'll see you all next week. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks, Bobby. Thanks, John. Thanks, Craig.